Then Allah says, وَلَا and not. Tastawi, it is equal. It is the same. They're not equal. It is not the same. What is not equal? Al-Hasana to the good. وَلَا and nor as-sayyi'ah, the evil. Meaning the good and the evil are not the same. They're not equal at all. And you see over here, وَلَا السَّيِّئَةِ لَا Right? This لَا وَلَا السَّيِّئَةِ لَا Over here is actually زَائِد. It's extra. Adding emphasis. Because saying لَا at the beginning once is sufficient. But when لَا is repeated, then emphasis is being given. That the good and the bad are not equal. No, not at all. No way. They're not equal. In what sense? In their effect, in their result, in their merit. They're not the same. What is good and what is evil? Good, for example, iman. Evil as in kufr. Iman and kufr are not the same. Why would you call someone to Allah? Because you're inviting them to iman, because iman and kufr are not the same. Sabr is good. Jaza, being impatient, not good. Are they the same? Are they the same? Being patient and being impatient, are they the same? Not at all. In their merit, they're not the same. In their result, they're not the same. In their reward, or in the consequence, they're not the same. Likewise, sabr and ghadab, patience and anger, tolerance and forgiveness, they're not the same. Very, very different. Right? Tolerance and intolerance, they're not the same. So, وَلَا تَسْتَوِي الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا السَّيِّئَةُ Then what should you do if they're not the same? What should you adopt? The good or the evil? The good. The good. If you think about it, let's take an example. A good statement versus an evil statement. Alright? A good statement versus an evil statement. Let's say somebody purchased something and you disagree with that completely. Like why waste your money over this? And let's say that person happens to be your brother or your husband, all right, or your mom. She went on another makeup shopping spree and she bought a whole lot of makeup. And you're like, mom, you're supposed to buy me a new jacket or something. And here you are buying more makeup. What are you doing? They buy something, you don't agree with that purchase, and they're so excited when you go home. It's all laid out on the table. They're waiting for you to come so they can show you everything. What could be hasana over there and what could be sayyi'ah over there? What could be hasana? Nice. MashaAllah. I like it. Good choice. What could be sayyi'ah over there? Huh? Another one of those? What are you doing? I thought you were saving up for something. I thought we were supposed to be more wise in our spendings. What's going on? There's a difference. There's a difference. Hasana, when you say a good statement, you give out positive vibes, positive feelings. What does that create? Love, affection, right? That closeness and intimacy, that level of comfort that two people develop with each other because of which they can influence each other in a much better way. You could, you know, because of the love and the friendship and the intimacy that you share with someone because you always say positive statements to them, perhaps they will realize themselves that that spending was not wise. Right? So the effect is different. An evil statement, when you're treating an adult like an immature child, that how could you waste so much money, and what's wrong with you? Grow up already. 
And if you treat your husband like that especially, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? The sayyah statement is going to bring sayyah results. That closeness, that intimacy will never develop. That trust will never develop. And because of that, the two will not care for each other. They will not be concerned for each other. So, لَا تَسْتَوِ الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا Good and evil are not the same. So when you say something hurtful, don't expect good results. When you say something mean, don't expect love and concern from the other. You understand? Our problem is we say such hurtful, evil statements, and what do we want from the other person? Change. It's as if we want to bully them into listening to us. It doesn't work like that. Because وَلَا تَسْتَوِ الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا السَّيِّئَةُ Good brings good and evil brings evil. So good and evil are not the same. When you say something good, you will expect good results. And when you say something evil, please don't expect good results. وَلَا تَسْتَوِ الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا السَّيِّئَةُ So what should you do then? Because in daily life, do we come across evil being done to us? Yeah. And not necessarily in the way of abuse, but it could also be, we see that people don't realize what's important to us. They don't realize our priorities. So what should you do? Idfa, repel, billati with that which here it is ahsan best. Repel, repel what? The evil that is done to you. How? With that which is ahsan. Notice it's not hasana, it is ahsan. Because hasana is good. Ahsan is that which is better than the other. Meaning respond in a better way. Do better than what the other did to you. Idfar billati hiya ahsan. It is ahsan. In the best possible way, in a better way than how you were treated. So for example, if someone falsely accuses you, then say something like, if what you say is true, then may Allah forgive me. And if what you say is false, then may Allah forgive you. This is a better response. As opposed to saying something harsh in return. So, idfar billati hiya ahsan. What's the result of this? What's the benefit of this? Allah says, فَإِذَا So then... الَّذِي The person who بَيْنَكَ Between you وَبَيْنَهُ And between him Meaning between the two of you Was عَدَاوَةٌ There was enmity Previously Because of which they did evil to you What will happen? Because you repelled their evil with good What's going to happen? That person With whom you had enmity He will be كَأَنَّهُ as if indeed he is waliyun, a friend who is hamim, a close, intimate friend. This is how you turn enmity into love, into friendship. You turn hatred into friendship. Ka'annahu waliyun hamim. Who is wali? A friend who offers, who offers help and support. Hamim. Who is hamim? Intimate friend. Remember the word Hamim also means boiling hot water, right? We learned this word earlier in the context of hellfire. Hamim is also used for a friend. Because you see there are certain friends who in their love 
and concern for you, they actually have emotions for you. And those emotions, they don't just stay controlled and, and calm. When somebody is attacking you, they get all agitated. You understand? It's as if they start boiling inside when somebody harms you. Think of a mother. Think of a mother. How defensive she becomes when somebody says even a negative comment about her child. Right? She becomes very defensive. So, كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌّ حَمِيمٌ You know, Hamim, we don't know Hamim because perhaps we don't have Hamims. But Hamim, it's like, you know, think of two people who are in love. In genuine love. Genuine concern. It's not just love as in because of the looks and whatnot. No. It's love to the point of intimacy. Like attachment and closeness and commitment and friendship. Like really they're together. So if one is attacked, then will the other not defend? Will the other not defend? He will defend. So what will happen here is that when you will repel evil with good, the same person who did evil to you will actually become a friend. And not just a friend, but someone who cares about you. Here they were attacking you, and now they care about you. Do we see this in the sunnah? In the, in the life of the Prophet ﷺ? Don't we learn of numerous examples of how people, they said that, Ya Rasulullah, there was no person whom I hated the most but you. And now there is no person whom I love the most but you. That hatred turned into love. Assalamualaikum. Like speaking about the sunnah and like uh, sahabas or tabi'in who had something similar happen to them. So the great grandson of the Prophet ﷺ, Ali ibn Hussein. So Hussein was a grandson of the Prophet and then Hussein's son Ali was uh, walking once and then, sorry, he was leaving at the masjid once and a man came to him and insulted him. And then the people around him said, you know, we're going to attack him, like we're going to hurt him. How can he say that to, he had royal, like a high status inside. Obviously he's a descendant of the Prophet And then Ali prevented them from doing that. He turned to the man, he said, what you've said, in reality, my sins are more than that. So like, whatever you said about me, like you've concealed so much more. And then he told the people, don't attack him. And he collected a thousand dinar, I think, and um, he handed it to the man, and then the man left. And then every single time after that point, whenever the man would see him, he would say, I testify you are of the children of the Prophet So um, when our teacher was sharing this, he was saying, this is how you change people's like hearts towards you. You, you don't like retaliate or repel. And Ali also, he thought, whatever he's saying about me, Allah has concealed so much more for me. You know, That is true. And to respond in this beautiful way, you need istiqama, right? To hold yourself in place and not say something negative. Go ahead. Bismillah, assalamu alaikum. I remember once when my kid, somebody hit him, my neighbor, and he's Muslim too. So... And he's older than my son, this kid. And then I get upset and I was going to talk to this kid. Why did you hit him? Because he hit him really badly. So while I'm going, I remember this ayah. So I change my um, thinking. And then I say, I call him. I said, you know, I trust you. When I send my son, I trust you because you're older brother to him. So 
I didn't expect you're going to hit him. And I talked to him nicely. After that, he became really, really good friend to my son. MashaAllah. Yeah, because you said, I trust you, you're older, you're like the older brother. So you see how the negative is turned into positive? Somebody else raise their hand? Okay. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, a scholar once said that the nanafs is like a wild horse. So if somebody wants to tame a wild horse, what do they do when they get onto the horse? The horse wants to shake them off, but they just cling and hold on and put up with everything for a long time. And then the horse understands that this person is controlling me. So that's the same thing with the nafs. You just have to control the nafs. And only then, over a long period of time, then only you will get that kind of control of the nafs. Yes. And not just the nafs, but any person, you know, if you want to convince them, if you want to be on good terms with them, initially there will be some level of rejection, but you have to tolerate that. And you can't reciprocate evil with evil because it's only going to worsen the situation. Yes. Uh, this reminds me of... Um, this one technique that people, a lot of times people use with little kids is that to make them stronger, they say, no, no, like, you know, they put a lot of bad stuff in their head to make them stronger. It's like a back home type of a thing, a thinking like, no, you're so dumb, go back and fight them or something like that, right? You have to be stronger, you have to be this. But it actually, I saw a picture on uh, Facebook, there's a picture of a girl and her head is open and there's a person speaking from her head all the bad stuff is coming out and the girl is crying because all these bad things is jamming up in her head that you're dumb, you're weak, you're this and that, you know like people say to kids you're weak, you better go fight but they think they're encouraging but they're not, it's actually discouraging kids Yes, very true You know for boys, when typically boys are told, boys don't cry right? don't cry don't be a girl. Are you a girl? Right? Be a man. Be strong. This actually hurts them. It harms them more than it benefits them. And we think that the way of encouraging someone is by bullying them. No way. It doesn't work. Boys are human beings also. And they can cry. They can cry. They can have tears. And they can feel weak. And it's perfectly fine. There's this documentary I watched recently the mask you wear, or something like that. And it's about boys. That how, you know, they're treated in, in a way that they're not allowed to be themselves. They're not allowed to display any emotions and they're told to man up and be strong. And this actually harms them. It leads them towards violence. And that violence is expressed in many different ways. So gentleness is always good. Right? Like in hadith we learn that Allah gives because of rifq, because of gentleness, what He does not give because of harshness. Meaning the results that you can get because of gentleness, you can never ever get those results through harshness. Always. This is a fact. So, idfa' billati hiya ahsan. Why? Because then فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ this is how you turn enemies into friends, opponents into supporters, rebellious into compliant, disobedient into obedient. This is the solution. And you see, to repel evil with good, where do you have to bring the change first? Inside. 
Because you want to respond to evil with evil. But you have to bring the change within. No, don't respond with evil. Instead, respond with good. So if you want to solve the problem at hand, what do you do? Begin by changing. Changing who? Your own self. Yes. Um, it doesn't just necessarily mean that you have to also like treat others goodly as well. You can also you have to also treat yourself well as well. You can't keep putting yourself down, giving yourself bad comments all the time as well, because that doesn't also give you a good result. You have to also be encouraging to yourself as well. Very true. Because sometimes we put ourselves down a lot, right? So that is also say. I mean, if you've made a mistake, it's because you're human. Now don't dwell on that mistake and keep putting yourself down because it's not going to bring positive change. If you want positive change, you need to create positivity. Right? Because positive will lead to more positive and negative will lead to more negative. You know, there's a story about Thumama, one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. He was from a distant land in Arabia. He was basically an enemy to the Prophet ﷺ. Every now and then, Attacking Muslims, Muslim land, sending people to Medina to hurt the Prophet ﷺ, even though he'd never met him himself and never really found out about what the true message was. So what happened at one time, Thumama, he got caught by the companions, alright, and they brought him into Medina and they were so happy that yes, this person who's been arming us, we've got him. And the Prophet ﷺ had him tied to one of the pillars of the masjid, so basically he was imprisoned in the masjid, alright. Now typically an enemy like that, you get your hands on him, what do you do? Take revenge. Satisfy your anger. But that was not done. Thumama was kept in the masjid, and every day he was offered food, and the Prophet ﷺ would come and see him every morning, and he would ask him how everything was, and Thumama would give the same response every day, that, you know, if you want money, ransom, well, you know, we've got it. And if you kill me, then you're gonna kill a person whose blood carries a lot of weight. Meaning there's going to be consequences. So basically he was giving the Prophet ﷺ both options. If you want money, we got it. You can have it. And if you want to kill me, then be careful. And the Prophet ﷺ would just smile and he would leave. Right? And the third day, the Prophet ﷺ set him free. Set him free. Didn't take any ransom from him. Didn't threaten to kill him. There was no torture, abuse, nothing. The three days that he was kept in the masjid was so that he could see who Muslims really are, who the Prophet ﷺ really is. And when he saw with his own eyes, the third day he was set free, you're free, go home, do whatever you do. This man, he went, bathed, you know, got ready, came back to the Prophet ﷺ and declared his shahada. He accepted Islam. And then this man was, this Sahabi was a man of great influence and wealth. His trade caravans would go into Makkah. So basically, the food that came into Makkah was sent by him. He was from Yamama. Right? And so the food that would come into Makkah was sent by him. And so he told the mushrikeen that if you deal with the Prophet ﷺ in this way, you're not getting any more food. And the mushrikeen, they actually requested the Prophet ﷺ that please tell your guy, now he's your guy, tell him to please continue the trade with us because we are in need of food. We can't survive. Nothing grows in Makkah. So the point here is that how someone who was out to get the life of the Prophet ﷺ, now he became his wali and hamim. You see, anytime we find hostility, then change it with love. You know, like a poet once said, kill him with love. You know what I'm talking about? 
kill them with love? Google it. I don't know what world you live in. Yes, go ahead. When we're trying to correct someone, for example, a close friend or a family member, it requires a lot of sabr, right? If you just say it, spell it out to them that, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, then um, wouldn't that gap, like, space them? More distant from More them. More distant from them, yeah, exactly. So that requires a lot of sabr, and um, can you elaborate on that, how that can be done and everything? Okay. So, giving a hasty, you know, response or criticism is very easy. You know, you see somebody doing something wrong, even a child, and in order to discipline them, you just say whatever you thought in your mind right away, without even thinking. What we see in the way of the Prophet ﷺ, especially in the way that he dealt with Sumama bin Uthal, is time. Giving time and being patient. So, many times when you see somebody doing something wrong, the best thing to do is just don't look at them. Don't look at them. And by that, I don't mean ignore and pretend like nothing's happening. Don't look at them. Turn your eyes away because you know they're doing something wrong. And you know it's making you super angry inside. And the thing is that if you speak right now, you're not thinking rationally. You're not thinking rationally. You need time to think, to analyze, to compose yourself, and then respond properly. You need to think about it. So allow yourself some time. Give yourself some time. And for that, if you have to turn your eyes away, please do that. You have to do that. This advice actually my mother gave me. Once there was a particular situation in which she came and warned me. She said, something's going on, and when you will see it, you will not like it. It was very difficult for me to hear that from my own mother, because she knows me so well. So she said, when you see it, you're not going to like it. So when you go, don't look. She didn't say, say this instead of this, and say that instead of this. She said, don't look. Don't look. This is how you control yourself. Right? Just ignore. And give yourself time. Because if you say something in haste, you're going to cause more damage. Right? And you see, sometimes you differ with somebody, not because you're right and they're wrong. You differ with them just because your way of doing things is different from the way they do things. Alright? And that doesn't mean you're right and they're wrong. It's just two different ways of doing the same thing. But as women, maybe, maybe it's a woman problem, that we're very particular about the way we load our dishwasher, and the way we fold our clothes, and the way we tie our hijab. You know? And if it's done even slightly differently, we're not happy. So if these things are going to create problems, please don't look. You know, allow yourself some peace. And don't look at everything that's going against your desires. Yes. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum. I just want to share with you a story. This uh, doctor, he was uh, sharing in what uh, somebody sent me in WhatsApp. This doctor, he was saying this uh, family, the husband and wife, they have problem. They're fighting all the time. And then the husband, he called and he said, I'm really tired with this woman. I'm going to leave her. He said, don't leave her, but try this. Whenever she bothers you, just tell her, ya asal, mean like honey. So if you tell her that, yeah, asal, yeah, asal, asal, honey, oh, yeah, yes. asal, tell her, and then inshallah she will be okay. And then he said, okay. And then when she yelled at him, he forgot to say that. He just left the house and he went to his work. She called him to tell him, I'm leaving the house, like I'm not going to be with you anymore. 
And then he pick up the phone, he remember the doctor Swat, and he tell her, Ya Asal. When he say, Ya Asal, she changes the, the talk, and she said, you forgot the tea to drink tea, so can I bring it for you? <laughs> yes, because the thing is, we create the culture that is around us. We create it with our words, alright? So if we are, you know, showing positivity through our words, then the other person is kind of forced to be positive. Yeah, I was thinking, as a woman, always we expect the husband say that. We should say that too, you know, because woman can change the husband. Oh yeah, oh yeah, this is very true. Idfar billati hiya ahsan. You have to do that all the time. And sometimes it's the anger is the same thing. When you are very angry, you cannot see what is right and what is wrong. And it actually happened to me. Uh, one of my long-time friends, she get upset. She had a right to upset, but I wanted to explain to her. But she did not wait until I go to her and explain to her whatever it is. And she called me, and she was really, really upset. It was like a year ago. And all I can say is like, okay, okay. She said, you're making me more angry because you're not explaining. I say, I want to explain to you, but not now. That's all I said. It took to her 10 days not to talk to me and not allow me even to explain. So what I wrote down is, I wrote down a letter with six pages explaining. Good. And she's the one who apologized to me because Good. she said we lost it 10 days for nothing. Yes. Because whatever she was thinking, it was not even close. Yes. So sometimes when you are upset or you hear something, just take time. Don't answer it. Don't call back. Just think over. Yes. Let the storm pass. Right? Let things calm down and then respond in a better way. In marriage especially, this is extremely important because many problems in marriage begin with what? A snappy tongue, right? Always just snapping back. And that is being hasty and judgmental and critical and finding faults in the other person. And the fact is that nobody is perfect, right? And... What the other person wants in a marriage is acknowledgement and acceptance. That treat me as an adult, you know, because I'm married now. I'm not my mom's baby anymore. I'm married. I'm an adult. So treat me as an adult. Acknowledge, accept my decisions. Respect my decisions. So, you know, when you treat the other person like that, and you accept them, their decisions, even when you disagree with them, you are creating a positive culture. You're creating a very positive culture. And this is why... You know, many marital problems are solved simply by changing yourself. What most people are worried about is changing their spouse. But no, you can't change your spouse, but you can change yourself. So change yourself, change your words, change the way you discuss things and argue and debate and whatnot. But change yourself and you will definitely find positive results. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا and not يُلَقَّاهَا He will be granted it. He is made to receive it. He is made to meet it. يُلَقَّى from لَقِيَ لَقِيَ is to meet. So, وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا None is granted it. And it is referring to this noble trait, noble quality of responding to evil with good. Right? Or the ability of turning enemy into friend. Right? And eventually such a good outcome that your enemy turns into your friend. 
none receives this illa sabaru except for those who are patient so how do you achieve such results through sabr patience wama yulaqaha and none is granted it illa except dhu hawin a possessor of a share of a portion what kind of a portion alim great how Allah is used for a, a portion a good portion of something meaning of something positive so the person who has a great portion as in very fortunate a person who's got a lot of khair now a person might say well i'm not really a good person so then that means i can't be patient and that means i can't have success in these matters no you've got to start somewhere what this means is that if you can have sabr, if you can make yourself observe patience, then you've got a good share, a big portion of goodness, of khair. Meaning you're very, very fortunate. Your success begins with your ability to have, to observe patience. Dhu hawlin alim, this is like a rich person. Right? A rich person. So, remember... إِنَّهُ لَذُوْ حَظٍ عَظِيمٌ We read this in the Qur'an earlier also. Very wealthy, rich person. So richness is like success. So a person who's successful, how do they reach that level of success? Through sabr. وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا ذُوْ حَظٍ عَظِيمٌ So only those with sabr can control themselves. Their volume, they can bear you know, the irritation. And such people are highly successful. imma and if yanzaghannaka, it... What's the translation that you have? Yanzaghannaka? It definitely provokes you. Mina hmm? shaytani from the shaytan, nazghun, an evil suggestion. Yanzaghannaka, nazghun, from the root letters, noon zayghain. And nazgh is to create discord, to create fasad, create problems. And the word is also used for encouraging someone to do evil promptings, evil suggestion. Because when somebody suggests you with something evil, then what happens? Is it going to create problems? Yeah. Like, for instance, you're, you know, somebody is really criticizing you. Right? They're not being fair with you in their conversation. So it happens you're a little upset. And somebody says, you know what? You should respond. You should definitely give them a piece of your mind. You should definitely put them in place. This is not right. You should put them in place. So you listen to them and you make an attempt to put the other person in their place. Is this going to create problems? Yeah. The situation is going to get worse than before. So, وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ نَزْغُنْ From shaitan comes an evil suggestion. When at the time when sayyi'ah is being thrown at you. And what's that evil suggestion? Respond with the same. Respond right away. You're going to lose your chance. Right? Look at what she's doing and look at what he's doing. You better say something. You have to correct them. You have to stop them. This is an evil suggestion. What do you need to do? فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ Then seek refuge with Allah. So somebody's, let's say, loading the dishwasher the way you do not like at all. And it really bothers you. Some people are like that, just bothers them. 
if everything is not done the way they want it to get done. So then, فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ Really, at that time also say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ And don't look at them. Don't. Honestly, it's these little, little things that create problems in our lives. The poor husband wants to help. You know, he feels bad for the wife. She just came home Sunday. You know, she was in class sitting for two and a half hours. Today they had an extra long class. So you know what? I'll load the dishwasher for her. And you go home and you open the dishwasher like, Who did this? Thanks, but no thanks. No, no, no. What you need to do there is open the dishwasher, look at everything, and say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ That's what you need to do. It's not easy, but you have to do that. See, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ You need Allah's help because shaitan wants to create evil. He wants to create facade over there. Here your husband, your sister, your mother, your brother, whoever, trying to help you, but you're irritated by their help. Seriously, how much worse could it be? Don't say "Aroudu Billah" out loud, okay? Because the other person's gonna think <laughs> that could also lead to problems. So control yourself, "Aroudu Billahi min al-Shaytani rajim Because you know what? The thing is that if our relationships with the people we are living with are not right then we cannot live peaceful lives. If you can't find happiness inside your own house, where will you find peace? If you don't get support from those who you are living with, tell me, where will you get that support? And shaitan creates problems in the house, between husband and wife, between mother and child. Why? Because if a person is unhappy in these closest relationships, they're not going to be happy and satisfied anywhere. So فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Indeed, He is the hearing, the knowing. Allah has heard what has happened and He knows what's going on. So seek Allah's protection against the shaytan. Let's listen to the recitation. وَلَا تَسْتَوِي الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا السَّيِّئَةُ إِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنُ فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌّ حَمِيمٌ وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا الَّذِينَ صَبَرُوا وَمَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا ذُو حَظٍ عَظِيمٌ وَإِمَّا يَنْزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ نَزْغٌ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ There is a story, it's in hadith, it's reported in As-Silsatu Sahiha, in which we learned that a companion, Abbad bin Sharahbil, he said that, I was extremely hungry, and uh, I found a garden in Medina. And I went into that garden and there were grapevines and there were grapes. So I was so hungry that I actually ate some grapes. And I also took a bunch and kept it in my clothes so that I could uh, take it with me. And he said that while I was doing that, the owner came. And when the owner came, he got upset with him. He beat him. 
and he not only took that bunch of grapes back but he also took his you know that garment in which he had put the grapes he took that from him also he confiscated that he was really upset so then abad radiyallahu anhu he went to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and told him so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam called the owner of the garden and he said that he was ignorant why did you not teach him he was ignorant he was committing theft all right he was taking from your garden what was not his why didn't you teach him you should have taught him that brother this is not right this is theft if you were hungry you should have come and asked me why did you not teach him he was hungry why did you not feed him meaning you should have taught him and you should have fed him and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam ordered that the cloth be returned to him and then he instructed that owner of the garden that you should give him something because you beat him you hit him so idfar billati hiya ahsan because when somebody is doing something wrong they're doing it out of ignorance isn't it they're doing it out of ignorance so the way of correcting them is not by being harsh with them but by wanting the best for them and when you want the best for them no sincerity then you will bring about better results through your patience and good treatment of the other yes assalam alaikum i remember when sister temia was talking about relationships in 2009 my son got married and he knows his mom very well that she likes to see everything in its place and now there's a new person coming into the family and she is going to be on her back so he talked to me one day and he said i just wanted to tell you mom that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam throughout his life whoever was with him he never told them why did you do this like this way or why did you not do this so every time i see my daughter in law do something which i don't like those words come to my mind and i just keep quiet and i'm telling you it's not easy because we are really old school we don't use paper towels like the present generation uses we were using nappies we never used so many of these I keep thinking about the environment when I see all the diaper bags every time. But then I remember his words and I just keep quiet. So this is what I wanted to share with you. Jazakallahu khairan. Thank you for sharing something so personal with us because it is something that we all need to learn about and remind ourselves of that really the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he never said to Anas radhiyallahu anhu, "Why did you do this or why did you not do that?" Anas radhiyallahu anhu was Ten years old when he came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and Anas radhiyallahu anhu was an orphan, all right. And when he was little and his mother embraced Islam, his father was not Muslim, so he never really had a male figure in his family to teach him the right way of doing things. And you can imagine, you can only imagine a child from that background how many times he would be making mistakes, but. each time the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was patient in fact we learn in hadith that when anas radhiyallahu anhu would do something wrong and the wives of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know sometimes they would get a little agitated it's normal and he would tell them don't say anything to him because if it was written for him he would have done it in other words it's maktub this was part of decree so don't criticize this little child don't say anything to him be patient and tolerant and this is the best way of doing islah with love because many things you learn with time isn't it i mean for example like auntie said there's you know old school not using paper towels okay 
eventually, maybe, person realizes that, yeah, the better way is not, you know, using paper towels and throwing them all the time, but rather using a terry cloth or something like that and washing that and reusing that is much more economical and beneficial for the environment and so on and so forth. People learn with time. Just as you learned with time. Let them learn also. Let them grow also. So don't be hasty. Because otherwise, these lovely, beautiful relationships will not be a source of comfort and peace. They will be a constant source of pain and anguish for a person. So in his house, a person will not feel secure and safe. He will feel like everybody's going to attack him. Nobody's going to feel safe. And, and this is the problem that we've created in our lives. No one feels safe with anybody. We're living isolated lives. We don't have friends. We don't enjoy intimacy with the closest people in our lives. We don't because we have isolated ourselves by attacking others and constantly being attacked. So be forgiving. Repel evil with good and enjoy life. Did you want to say something? Yes. I think I also got a, a message which you mentioned, which was, and I'm thinking of Auntie over there who is uh, talking about the environment, some, an issue that touches me as well. But you also mentioned um, how there's a requirement to have patience and for the love of that person, also educate them in a kind way. Yes. And I think the environment, as we are Muslims, we are vicegerents on this earth. And it's very important we do appreciate the environment. But I think there's, I believe there's a hadith, and I don't know it off my head, the need to uh, maintain the environment and not waste and to be, but I guess we can educate somebody and maybe not necessarily keep quiet, but yeah. perhaps. Yeah, but no, there's a time of teaching someone. There's a time of telling them. And certain relationships are very sensitive. You might not be the right person to tell them. Somebody else could. Right? Like the Prophet ﷺ, he did advise the companions that even if there's a river, right, that you're doing wudu at, don't use more than you need. Right? Use only as much water as you need. Don't waste. But there's a time and place of saying something and, you know, it also depends on the person. So if you find someone wasting something a lot and you happen to be in a relationship which is always, uh, you know, very sensitive, don't say it. Have somebody else advise them, indirectly advise them, right? Use tact. Yes. Like I have a habit in the house that if nobody is using a particular room, I go and turn off the lights and it bothers my family. They're like, oh mom, I was just going to go back. Why did you turn off the light? I said, no. When you're not in the room, turn off. And I see my daughter-in-law over these Years, she's adopted a lot of things just by watching me. Alhamdulillah. It's, it's something normal. You know, again, it's not necessarily about what is right and what is wrong. It's just habits, right? It's not always like that. This is right and this is wrong. In some situations it is, but in every situation it's not like that. So it's only normal for people to take time to learn and adjust. So give them the time they need. Allow them that time. Okay, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. أستغفرك وأتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته